Revival Explosion Ministries presents Faith Connection Church's podcast with Hermes Falco Jr. We always bring a message of faith and hope that will encourage your walk with God. Enjoy it. Second Peter chapter 1. Verse 2. And I want to talk to you today about growing spiritually. Growing spiritually. Hermes, how can I grow in my faith? How can I grow in my walk with the Lord? How can I grow in my ability to hear God? How can I grow in my ability to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit? How do I grow in my faith? So many people sometimes they get stagnant in their walk with the Lord. What do I mean stagnant? They believe in the Lord. They are saved. They have given their lives to Jesus. They have been baptized. But still, it feels like there's something missing in their walk with the Lord. They believe in the Lord. They're going to heaven. They have the knowledge of salvation. They have the knowledge of Jesus as their Christ, as the Messiah. But still, here on the earth, there's a gap of fellowship and spiritual growth. And we're going to find out why. Let's read the scripture, 2 Peter chapter uh, 1, verse 2. Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. As His divine power has given, us, has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by the glory and virtue, by which have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. But also, for this very reason, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to your virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you'll never stumble. For so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, look at this. These scriptures, I just I know it's a lot of scripture, but it's powerful. It's a power-packed um, group of scriptures here. Number one is grace and peace be multiplied to you. Now, wait a minute. Grace and peace be multiplied. That means something. If grace can be multiplied, it can increase. Now, what is grace? Hermes, I think that grace is like that, that we can do whatever we want. And then, you know, God will just forgive us and we just like just live how we want. And God has to bless us because this is grace. No, wrong. That's not grace. You know what grace is? I'm going to give you a very simple definition of what grace is. It's the power of God applied in your life so you can obey God. Grace is not a license to sin. It is not like a, a, a credit card for sin. 
No, put the sin in the credit card because the blood of Jesus covers all. This is not grace. This is foolishness. This, this message of grace many times has been distorted in many circles. Oh, you know, God is good. You know, God is wonderful. Yes, He is. But He's also righteous. He's just. Amen. He's holy. Amen. Come on, somebody. He's pure. He, he, he loves justice. God is gracious. Yes, He is. And so, just want to make you understand that grace is the power of God that is applied in your life so you can obey God. That means when Jesus said, for example, forgive those who have hurt you. How many feel like forgiving in the flesh? Nobody. I'm being honest with you. In the, in the, in, in the human nature level, speaking of human nature, we feel like eye for eye, tooth for tooth. If you hurt, if you hurt me, I'll hurt you twice. If you beat me, I'll beat you twice. <laughs> then, you know, isn't it true? The way human nature thinks. But Jesus comes and said, you know, forgive those who have hurt you. Love those who persecute you, those who do evil to you. Now, how can you do that? How can you do that? In the natural, it's impossible. Everything that Jesus spoke in the Sermon of the Mount is an impossible thing in the human nature. It is contrary to human nature. So how do we receive that? By the grace of God, power of God is applied. It gives us the ability to do what Jesus said. That's what grace is. It is not license to sin. It is empowerment to obey. Now, how many? No, it's a very different thing. <laughs> empowerment to obey. Now, mercy, on the other hand, is when you fall short of what you could have done with grace. And God sees our hearts and our repentance, and He still has the mercy to pluck us out and pull us so that we can receive His grace. Amen? That's grace and mercy. But the Apostle Peter said, Grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Now, we're talking about growing spiritually. Okay? Grace and peace be multiplied to you in what? In the knowledge of what? Of God and our Lord Jesus. Now, I want to tell you this. Knowledge is a pretty powerful thing. It is something that we use on our daily lives that can change realities. How did you learn to drive? You had you got had knowledge on how to turn the engine on and drive the ability. And what will give it to you? It will give you a driver's license. If you don't learn, you cannot do it. Even in simple things, if you buy a product at the store, there's a manual of instruction. In order to set assemble that, you know my brother and my sister-in-law got a, a little, how do you call that, park? A playground for Isabel and that was like they had a manual there and everything but I was like I, I, I could just touch a little bit of it but you know my dad and him and you know had a lot of trouble to set this up but they had to have the knowledge in order to be able to do it so knowledge is a powerful thing knowledge will open doors for you that you can enter in and receive from that Jesus said you shall know the truth and the truth will it is the truth that you know they will set you free not just the truth we have the bible everybody has a bible at home but sometimes there are wonderful things here that we don't apply because we don't know that's why teaching is so important in the body of christ if people are not taught the word 
they cannot learn from it and they cannot apply in their lives. So Peter said, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Lord Jesus Christ. Number one reason why people don't grow spiritually, they remain stagnant, they don't know any better. It's number one. And why they don't know any better? Because they have never placed themselves in a position to learn. If you're not humble, you're not going to learn anything. You're not going to grow. <laughs> and he responds like, uh-oh. <laughs> if you're not humble, you're not going to learn. And if you don't learn, you're not going to grow. And then, if you don't learn the knowledge of God, then grace and peace cannot be multiplied to you. Grace and peace is something that can be multiplied and you can learn and increase in knowledge and wisdom. How many remember that Jesus, in the book of Luke, it says that He grew in wisdom and favor with God and men. Now, think about this. If Jesus, the Son of God, could grow in favor with God and men, how much more are we? Is that true? Jesus increased in favor with God and men. So we need to increase in favor in God with men. Now, verse 3. So what is the number one reason why people don't grow spiritually? They're not taught. But many times it's not that teaching is not available. It is because they put themselves in a position where they don't want to learn or they're too lazy to learn. Oh, you know, brother, no, I come to church once a month. It's about good for me. You're never going to grow. I'm telling you. You, you fight in this world 24-7. You have a, a, a pile of things that come against you during the week. Every single day. And you are in an environment where people don't believe. And then you come to church once a month. Spend one hour or two hours and you think that is enough. <laughs> Seriously. Um... It's funny how sometimes part-time Christians want, want to fight a full-time devil. I'm going to say it again. Part-time Christians want to fight a full-time devil. The devil is working 24-7, non-sleep, and he's looking for a way to devour you. And he's been around and he's understanding uh, tremendous things about human psychology. And then people want to be like, you know, I go to church once a, once a month and they're never going to grow because they're not putting up themselves in a position where they can learn. Verse 3, As His divine power has given us to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Now look at this. As His divine power has given to us all things. So God has given you and I keys that can be applied in our personal lives already. It's ours to use. Through the knowledge of Him who called us by glory and virtue. Again, He says, all things that pertain to life and godliness. Through the, say knowledge. Knowledge of Him. Again, Apostle Peter is saying, okay, you can have all things by the divine power, but these things are through the knowledge of Him. By which, verse 4, have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promise that through these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having skipped the corruption that is the world through lust. Now, verse 5, but also for this reason, giving all diligence. What do you understand by diligence? 
what do you understand by the word diligence? Come on, somebody, have some participation. Diligence. Come on. If you don't, if nobody says anything, I'm gonna pick on you. <laughs> hmm? Quick to process. Somebody else. Persistence. Good. I'm gonna say one more. Effort. Another one. Focus. Focus. Perseverance. Effort. Purposeful. Peter is saying, to this very reason, giving all diligence. In other words, giving all effort, giving all perseverance, giving all focus, giving all attention, giving everything you got. Not just a once a month thing, not just a one hour thing, but I'm giving everything I have for what? Add to your faith virtue, to virtue knowledge, to knowledge self-control, to self-control perseverance, to perseverance godliness, to godliness brotherly kindness. Hallelujah. And to broadly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, here he's speaking about barrenness. Some people can be spiritually barren. What does that mean? They don't produce anything good. There's nothing coming out of their spiritual womb. There's nothing coming out of their life that is fruitful in the kingdom of God. And he's saying, he's giving you keys, you and I keys, so that we will not be barren spiritually, that we'll produce and bear much fruit to glorify Jesus. Come on. For this reason, giving all diligence. That means that we should have priority and focus in our lives. If we, we want to grow, we must be intentional about it. Hallelujah. Anything you got in your life is because you were intentional about it. Right? How many ever had a degree? Why? You were intentional. You set yourself into a path to say, you know what? I have to wake up early. So be it. I have to study when everybody's playing around. So be it. I have to sometimes have sleepless nights. So be it, but I'm going on this path and I'm getting my diploma and I'm getting my degree. I'm on the path to get this. Why? Because I know it's going to be good for my life. It has a purpose. It has a, a, it has a, a path in itself and it's going to be good for me. Therefore, I choose to be on this way. Why? Because it's purposeful and intentional. Nobody got a degree by accident. You know, graduation day comes the university or whatever oh you know I'm here you know it was an accident it was it was <laughs> just an accident I got my degree they're gonna call my name I'm gonna walk up the aisle and get back it was an accident it just happened let me tell you what nobody is getting into heaven by accident nobody oh you know I, I, I just I don't I don't even know why I'm here no you know exactly why you're there because you received Jesus Christ into your heart you chose him to be your Lord you chose him to be your Savior and you chose to live for him on the earth nobody's gonna just show up in heaven oh my goodness I'm in heaven why no it was an intentional connection from God and also from you 
The kingdom of God works intentionally. Not by accident, not by chance, by purpose. Everything in the kingdom works with purpose, with intentions, with heart, with decisions, with choices. Not by chance. Oh, you know, brother, just living the life, you know, whatever it is will be. No, whatever it is will be not. You gotta, you gotta set yourself in a path of victory. You gotta set yourself in a path of growth. How do I do that? Edge your faith virtue. Hallelujah. Virtue. It has to do, this word in the Greek has to do with God's miracle power. Many scholars feel that in biblical times, that word is commonly used to refer to manifestations of God's miracle power. Add your faith virtue. Add your faith God's miracle power. Virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, to love. Now, he's saying a pattern of things that we need to do. Add your faith virtue. Add your faith diligence. Self-control. How many are quick to lose control? When you got a temper. Amen? <laughs> right? Can you lose it? Yes or no? No? Okay. That's good. So just get better, even better. Uh, all of us have to work in, in some points after all. But what Peter is saying you gotta watch your walk don't be uh, don't be how do you say reckless or not reckless i'm trying to get the right word don't be when you don't pay attention careless don't be careless about your spiritual walk in other words don't treat your spiritual walk as just anything you know no, that's your priority because if your spiritual life goes well, your whole life will go well. The most miserable people on the earth are not just unbelievers, they are backslidden Christians. Those who once tasted of the good things of God and the Spirit of the Lord, now they are living with demons and they know that they have a better way and they are not following it it is worse than those who are unbelievers they suffer way more so don't treat your spiritual walk as, as if it is something you know just ordinary or you know that's it's a part of my life jesus is not just something to add to your life he is your life he's not just some x x x accessory addition or accessory for your walk he is the very reason why you're here so don't treat as casual we sometimes can be casual about our spiritual walk and so peter is telling everybody he's saying godliness brotherly kindness that that's something that sometimes people need brotherly kindness some people are are true rude and and to um, bitter and to broadly kindness love now verse 8 is amazing just just bear with me as as we read this verse for if these things are yours 
and abound. What, what is yours? Self-control, perseverance, godliness, broadly kindness, love. So if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So he's telling us if we apply virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, kindness, and love, and we abound on these things, we will be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. For he who lacks these things, what things? Perseverance, brotherly kindness, love, uh, self-control. He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness and has forgotten that he, has, he was cleansed from his old sins. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent. Again, he used the same word, diligent. Make an effort. Make your best. Uh, do it as a priority. Have focus to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. Now, oh, that's good. Sometimes in the Christian songs, we sing, oh, if I stumble, you pick me up. If I do, no, the Bible says there's a possibility that we can walk and we will never stumble. Hallelujah. It is possible. Why? It's in the Bible. For if, therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble. The reason why we can stumble is because we don't do these things. You understand? So sometimes we sing songs that are not biblical. And then what happens? We're going to live what we sing. And we're going to believe what we sing. But if we're, we're going to sing a song, it, is, it better be biblical. Amen? Uh, if I stumble, Lord, you pick me up. No, I don't stumble. In Jesus' name. Because the Bible says, uh, I can walk into that possibility i can walk in victory over sin in victory over the devil in victory in this life i can do i can have dominion in jesus name doesn't mean that i'm gonna have a perfect life with no trouble knocking on my door but it means that even when trouble knocks on my door i have an answer and the answer is jesus christ doesn't mean that the storm is not gonna come your way the disciples were with jesus in the boat in the sea of galilee we had the privilege to be in the Sea of Galilee and, and we saw how, it, how beautiful that place is. It's quite amazing. Then the storm came. And, it, it, and by being in the Sea of Galilee, you cannot even believe how can that storm be in that place because it's so quiet. But the storm came and the water was coming in the boat and Jesus was sleeping in the boat. But what happened? Jesus got up. Peace. See, be quiet. Wind, stop. He commanded. And what happened? There was calmness. There was quietness. And the storm ceased. The storm came, but the storm could not overcome them. Amen. Nobody could beat Jesus. What happened in the cross is that he gave himself up for it. Not because he was weak. Because he, remember he said, I could command a legion of angels to come and stop all this right now. Not because he was weak and then people were, you know, powerful. No, he gave himself up for us. He surrendered. He laid down his life. Not because he couldn't. He could have escaped if he wanted to. But he chose it because of us. Amen. So, how do I grow spiritually? 
I got to apply these keys that Peter gives to us. Virtue, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. We got to understand that it is all about love from beginning to end. Everything has to do with God's love. If it is not for love, everything would be lost. The, the most famous verse of scripture that everybody knows, John 3:16. For God, for God so that he gave. Everything began with love and everything ends with love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the famous love chapter. Paul said, if I give all all my possessions to the poor if i put my body to be burned if i prophesy if i have the gift of, of faith to move mountains if i heal the sick if i do all kind of this but have not not love i am nothing love must grow in us in order for us to spirit grow spiritually why because if you don't love god you cannot love people effectively if you don't love God, you cannot forgive. If you don't love God, you cannot live holy. If you don't love God, you can... Why? Everything has to flow out of your love for God. That's why you give. Why? Because you love God. If you love God, you love His commandments. If you love God, you love what He loves. When you love Him, you're going to love what He loves. You're not going to tolerate what He doesn't tolerate. You're going to dislike what He dislikes. You're not going to be comfortable living a life of sin you're not going to be comfortable living a, 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 um, a life of perversion or a life of that doesn't glorify God why because the Holy Spirit has been given to you so you're going to live like Jesus what does that mean that it means that when I do something wrong I'm going to feel the conviction for it if if believers don't feel ever conviction about anything something is wrong I'm living like the devil but I feel no conviction for it no listen you, it, there's a point in our lives that, that we, must, we must feel the conviction of God. Right? And every time you, are, you grow in the knowledge of God, what happens? You grow in the level of conviction. You grow in love. You grow in love for people. You grow in love for God. If I don't love God right, I'm not going to love people right. Everything starts with our relationship with Him. Have you ever seen people who are in a bad mood all the time yes how many know some people like that amen you know what the where the problem is their relationship with god because the relationship with god there's something wrong there because the holy spirit produces joy he produces gladness the bible says that jesus was anointed with the oil of gladness not with the oil of sorrow Amen. In Isaiah talks about Jesus being the man of sorrows, but there's a description of him on the cross. And of course, that was a sorrowful moment. Man of sorrows. He was a man of sorrows. He was a man that experienced betrayal and, and, and pain, this persecution. He, he experienced all of these bad things that we know. Rejection and everything. But he overcame all of them. And the Bible says he was anointed with the oil of gladness above all his fellows because he loved righteousness. Now, the fruit of a walk with the Holy Spirit, it will produce a fruit of joy, peace, love in your heart. If you're all the time in a bad mood and you want to just, you know, kick your dog, your cat and beat everybody up, I'm telling you something is wrong. You, you, something is wrong with that picture. 
Oh, you know, but uh, you know, I go to church every Sunday. So what? So what? What really produces life in you is not just coming to church. Coming to church is a part of it. But what really produces life is life in the Spirit. It's a relationship with God. That's what we want to accomplish here is building a church where people have a relationship with God. Not just a relationship with the church, not just a relationship with the pastor, but that you can have a relationship with God no matter where you are. That one day if you go to China, you still have a relationship with God in China. It's not dependent just upon a physical place. It is not just dependent upon this building. It's your relationship with Him that matters. And if you want to grow spiritually, you need to grow in love. You need to grow in forgiveness. You need to let go of your past if you want to grow spiritually. That's a big one. Oh, you know, Pastor, you know, they did to me this 10 years ago, or 20 years ago, and 30 years ago, and I'm still mad at them. Okay, get over it in Jesus' name. Just forgive and get over it and move on. Otherwise, you'll be stuck for the rest of your life. Forgiveness is something powerful, and it has more to do with you than the other person. When you forgive, it does not mean that the, the person will not receive the justice that is due unto that person. I want to make it very clear that you understand that. And if I, if I forgive them, you know, listen, if you forgive them, it releases that person from your heart and you just let go. And whatever wrong they did to you, it will not be up to you because you're not the judge, but up to them and God. And you just release that person to let go. Forget about it. I know it's easier said than done. But it can be done by the power of the Holy Spirit. It can be done. If it could not be done, Jesus would be unjust to tell us to forgive. I'm telling you to forgive, but I know it's impossible for you to do it. And even with my help, you cannot do it. So therefore, forgive. Jesus does not work like that. He doesn't tell us things that we cannot do with His help. Forgive. Uh, but deep inside, I know you cannot forgive, so I'm just saying just so you can know. No! If he said forgive, it's because it is possible for us to forgive with the help of the Holy Spirit. So when you forgive, you disconnect that person from your heart. You disconnect whatever happened, whatever hurt, whatever pain, whatever rejection, whatever thing. You, you, you turn it off. It doesn't have power over you anymore. You're like, Psh! you click the button, you switch the button and say, no, it's off now. Uh, Grudges, resentment, hurt, pain, rejection. I choose to turn this off. Guess what happens? When you grow in that area, you're going to grow spiritually. It's like your house is full of clutter, full of, full, of, full of garbage, full of stuff that you need to remove. And if you don't remove, your house cannot be clean. You got to remove this stuff in order to grow spiritually. You got you to gotta take care of your spiritual house. How many of us can take care of our natural house and you take care of, our, of the garden or you take care of your living room or you take care of your room or at least we should uh, take care of our and clean and, and vacuum and, and take good care of it. And we sometimes spend hours doing this stuff, but we don't take care of our spiritual house, which is our heart. We don't, we, we remove the clutter and the garbage from our homes, but we don't remove the spiritual clutter and the spiritual garbage from our hearts of rejection, pain, hatred, remorse, and accusations, and, and all this garbage that stays there. And what happens? The Holy Spirit cannot flow when there is stuff in there that needs to be dealt with. And what happens? 
when we stay there we stay spiritually stuck in a position of stagnation and we never grow how many of you know what i'm talking about hallelujah do you want to grow or do you want to remain on the same level forevermore do you want to be a spiritual midget <laughs> spiritual midget you know what i mean like that you're always on the same level you can still go to heaven but I, i'm telling you i don't want to be a spiritual midget i want to grow and if there's anything in my life you got to come lord if there's anything wrong in my life please fix me change me transform me i want to get to heaven and say lord here i am i i obeyed you i gave everything that you asked me to do i did and every opportunity that i had to grow i took it if you grow in love the holy spirit is going to give you much more opportunity because listen if you have faith but don't have love forget about it if you have diligence to come to church and wake up early and do all that you need to do but you have no love forget about it if you can preach and you can prophesy you can do all things but you got no love for god is like forget about it number one thing that we need to grow on is our love walk with god and with man now that's something that only the holy spirit can do but when we yield what does that mean yield i make a way for him and say here i am lord there's this issue in my life work it out i'm open if you ask me to do it i'll do it if you ask me to do something i'll, I'll just do it. I'm, i'm just that open for you and the holy spirit will say this 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 remove this remove that take this out take this clutter out and then he'll tell you what to fix the thing is are you willing and open to hear his voice i think i've shared this testimony before but i believe some of you have not heard one time i was in france and i remember there was a meeting and i had a word about someone's um pain in the lower back that was really bothering that person and the lord wanted to heal and so i remember one lady came up and said it's me because it's been bothering me this whole week and it's really hurting me really bad and then i said okay i'm gonna pray for it but i started praying for her and nothing happened and i'm like lord i know i didn't miss that word i know it was you why is she not getting it and i didn't speak out loud just pray in my spirit and the lord said ask her if she has forgiven her dad and i'm like okay so the lord is asking you about your dad your forgiveness something there and then and i start crying i start bawling like crying immediately but she didn't tell me she started crying and then i move on to there were many people i started praying for other people so i i, I just went to my place i got a phone call from her husband um that was supposed to pick me up to go to another church i didn't know it was her husband but he said pastor hermes how are you i'm doing good 
I want to let you know that you prayed for my wife and my wife was the one that had the back uh, hurting. It was really bad pain. I said, oh, how is she doing? Is she doing good? I said, she's doing much worse. And I'm like, what? What happened? I said, no, because you, I remember you said something else to her, which didn't do. I was like, what? Forgive her father. I said, what, what happened? She had um, a really bad argument with, with her father because of um, testament, like inheritance stuff that he was doing, and in different things that he was doing. And so she got so upset with him. She got so angry at her father that she cursed her father and she said, I'll never want to see you again in my life, never want to talk to you ever again. I just remove you out of my life forever. And so she was like really mean and she literally cursed her father and then just like was done. And so I didn't know anything about it. And I just asked her if she has forgiven her father and she goes like started crying. But to make a long story short, she told her husband that she would not forgive her father. She didn't want to forgive him and she wanted to remain as it was. So. What happened is her sickness got worse instead of getting better. So God gave me a word so it could call her in so to give, him an give her an opportunity so she could be healed and she refused it. Isn't that crazy? So wh why am I sharing that? Because sometimes God is telling us to do something and then we got to be willing to do these things if you want to see the results that, that, that are available to us. When she said, no, I don't forgive him, she was just setting up herself up for, for more pain and more, uh, more trouble. Because God was clearly wanting her, not that whatever her, I don't know what, exactly what her dad did. Probably he did something wrong for her to act like that. Probably so. But if God was telling her to do it, he wanted to set her heart free from whatever that was and release him from her heart so that she could be completely free. So sometimes there's, there are things in our lives that they are hindering our walk with God. I'm not, I'm not saying that it is the case of anyone. I'm not saying it is this or it is that, but what I'm just saying is there are sometimes things that are blocking the flow of the life of God in our lives. And we got to be willing to say, Lord, whatever it is, whatever you want, I'm here. Holy Spirit, show me, reveal, show your light. And I want to be completely free because I know I want to grow. I don't want to be stuck, stagnant for the rest of my life. I don't want to be spiritually barren. Amen. Hallelujah. Knowledge is key. What knowledge? The lady had the knowledge from a, from a word of knowledge. I, I told her, have you forgiven your father? Was God reminding her, have you forgiven your father? Forgiven, you, you shall, shall be healed. She had the knowledge, but she chose not to operate in that knowledge. Some of us know the word, but we choose not to obey the word. Therefore, we shall not receive the results of the word. If you want to grow, you got to learn how to walk in obedience. Obedience always pays off. Always better to obey. Always pays off. Sometimes it may seem like you're losing something. God, I'm almost done by the way. God told Abraham, sacrifice your son Isaac. It seemed like he was going to lose the promise. You're going to lose Isaac. Come on. You've been waiting for that long for this, this boy. This boy is alive, has grown. When Isaac 
he was a grown up young man already. He was not a baby when, when God told him to sacrifice Isaac. He was not a, a, like a, a true month old baby. He was a grown up young man. So Isaac, he took Isaac and he's like, you know what? And there's a whole context to that that I can explain later, but it was the custom of that time that people would sacrifice their children to pagan gods. And God told Abraham, sacrifice Isaac because you know what God wanted to show? You're not going to kill your son because I'm sending a lamb that is going to die on, 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 on his behalf. I'm sending a lamb. You're not going to kill your son. God was like telling him to do it because he wanted to illustrate what he was about to come. It, the gospel was being preached through the illustration. That's why Abraham said, the Lord shall provide a lamb for the sacrifice. So God was not in fact wanting to kill Isaac. He just wanted to show that he operated differently from all the other nations. Is that powerful? So, but Abraham was willing even to kill and said, you know what? And then the angel said, no. Now it is proven that your heart is right, that you've given literally everything. In other words, Abraham, you're ready to be blessed. And the Bible says that Abraham was tremendously blessed. So what seemed to be a loss was not a loss. It was something that he put in the altar. And I believe for some of us, if we want to grow spiritually, there's some things that we must put on the altar of God and say, I'm going to let go of this bitterness. I'm going to let go of this resentment. I'm going to let go of this trouble. I'm going to let go of this behavior. I'm going to let go of this attitude. I'm going to let go of this position of my heart. I'm going to let go of everything that displeases God. And I'm going to put it on the altar and say, Lord, come and touch me and make me grow. I don't want to remain spiritually stuck for the rest of my life. I want to grow. Stand your feet. And, and on Wednesday, I'm going to touch on, on, on much, much more stuff on Wednesday night at the home group. We're gonna, it's going to be powerful. Make sure you don't miss it Wednesday night. Amen. I just want to pray real quick for all of us that we'll grow and then there will be a spiritual fruitfulness. Amen. They will not be barren. They will not look 10 years from now and say, you know what, I could have produced something for God, but I didn't. No, I want to look 10 years from now and look back and say, look what the Lord has done. Look how much I have grown, how much I have matured. Don't remain in the same place for the rest of your life. Battling with the same stuff, dealing with the same sins, dealing with the same things in your heart. And day after day, you're still dealing with the same issues. Just close your eyes for a moment. I just want to pray for everybody. Grow spiritually. I want to release spiritual growth into our lives. Peter said, He has given us all things that pertain to godliness. He has given us all things that pertain to godliness. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We encourage you to share with your friends. The Ministry of World Evangelism in the Nations and Building of the Local Church is made possible by generous contributions of friends and partners. We highly encourage you to give a love offering or partner with us monthly at www.revivalexplosion.com.
please send us your prayer request to office at revivalexplosion.com. Stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. God bless you.